Hey there. Have you ever thought about selling your business? Even if not right now, even if it's sometime in the future, I want you to come listen to this episode. You're going to hear what's possible for you and how you could get started, how you can get that business ready so that when you're ready to sell, your business is ready too. Come listen. I'll see you on the inside. Welcome to the Roadmap to 50K on Shopify. Each week, we'll take you behind the scenes of real stores where you're going to learn actionable strategies and tips that will fast track the growth and profitability of your e-commerce business. So buckle up. Welcome your host and Shopify expert, Susan Bradley. Hey there. Welcome back. So before we dive into the episode, I want to set the stage for this because it's kind of a good story and it'll help you understand what you're going to learn here. So a few months ago, I was at my mastermind retreat with the members of my mastermind. And one of the women asked me if I could talk a little bit about selling a business. And so I prepared a little presentation and at lunchtime, anyone who was interested came into a room and we went through it. And it just so happened that my friend Sierra Stokeland was there at that meeting. She was doing a presentation for our members and she came into the room too, because between the two of us, we have both sold multiple businesses. So we had a lot of experience on this topic and it was great to get another perspective. And so after uh, we had this presentation at my mastermind, Sierra said, hey, Will you come on my podcast? I want to do an episode about selling my business. And I think it would be great for us to just have a conversation about that for my audience. And so we did that a couple of weeks ago. We had a good chat. And then just recently, someone popped up in my inner circle and said, can we talk about selling businesses? So I thought, oh, listen, I'm going to go get that episode from Sierra. I want our members to hear that chat. And so what you're going to hear is the conversation we had about our experiences selling businesses, five businesses in total that we have sold. So what you're going to see is really what's possible, even when you think you don't have a saleable business. And then where are you most likely to find that person who's going to buy your business? We're going to talk about that. We'll talk about what's really most important for you to take care of before you sell your business so that you maximize the amount of money you can get for your business. And then lastly, just some tips on how you can get started. We realize that most of you are probably not right at the stage where you're selling your business, but if that is on your radar, there are things that you can do to have a really good outcome. So I want you to hear those. So grab a pen, take some notes, And welcome to being a fly on the wall in my conversation with Sierra about selling businesses. But let's start today by, if people don't know who you are, tell us what you do, what you love teaching, where you came from, your background. So what I do now is I am the founder of the Social Sales Girls. And at the Social Sales Girls, we teach e-commerce store owners how to grow the business that they've been dreaming of. And of course... Profitably is yes things. And we do that basically in our inner circle, which is a monthly membership program. We have coaches where our members can get one-on-one help. And we really have like a path that we walk them through so that they build a really solid foundation, one brick at a time in the right order. So that's what I do now. And 
I have to tell you that what I've done for years though, is I am just always selling stuff. So I, yes. you, <laughs> I had a small chain of brick and mortar stores back in, uh, I started in 1990, sold that in 2010. And I, uh, I then purchased this little business called We Squeak, which is squeaky shoes for kids. So great. And built that business up, built that online business up and uh, sold that in 2018. And then, of course, I recently sold the sock doggo. (laughs) Yes, we might have to talk about that story because we have to share, you know, we're real here. We share the good, bad and ugly of all the things because you and I both have a passion for letting entrepreneurs know that hardship is normal and that scary things are normal. And so we like to talk about not just our wins, which of course would be easy because it makes us look amazing, <laughs> but let's talk about all the things we didn't do. Right. So we'll bring up the, the, the sock business too. Yeah, ugly things. Yeah. The Absolutely. ugly things. People need to know though. People yeah. No. Otherwise they feel like they're the only loser in the room. I know. And no, let, let me tell you, if we all put it on a little three by five cord, they'd all fill up with all of our, mm-hmm. our losses for yeah. sure. And tears and all the things. Yeah. So you've always enjoyed selling things. Yeah. Tell You're an Enneagram three. I am. Right. Okay. Yeah. So am I. That's probably why we get along. We yeah. like to achieve. We always see possibility everywhere. 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 Like, you know what? I could turn that into something valuable. So talk about the first business you sold, your brick and mortar. You had multiple locations. When you decided to sell it, what did that look like, that thought process journey? So, 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 so crazy. I, um, when I started that business, it was a direct sales business and then it, it morphed into multiple retail locations. We had a factory and a warehouse and a bunch of people running around and that business grew very quickly. And everyone around me told me how smart I was. And oh, was, yeah, I've been there, done that. And we love hearing that, don't we? Right? Yes. Yeah. And, and, you know, nominated for Female Entrepreneur of the Year and all that, that stuff. But, but really, what I have to share here is, because it's important, is that even still, I was laying in bed at night thinking, okay, how much is on my credit card? How much room do I have left on my line of credit? When are all these rents due? What is people this like all that stuff? And so it was constant, constant. uh, My my brain never turned off with that business. Now, having said that, I owned that business for twenty years, and so so I kept doing it. And um, and I had decided that it was you know it had peaked and was on the the way down. Like the sales were down, we had fewer locations, and I had decided that that by 2010, I was going to be done. Yeah. And so, you know, it's funny, Sierra, when you decide something, when you decide, and then all your effort goes into that, it really happens because in June of 2010, it was sold. And so I sold that for not nearly what I could have sold it for when, when it was a big business, but I, I sold that business and really thought maybe I would clean out my closets for a while or do something else. But I sold that business to someone who was in my universe, a contact that I had. It was a a business contact, but I sold that to them. And I think that's important to mention because every time I've sold three businesses myself and I've helped, uh, I've helped a couple of my one friend and another business associate sell their businesses. 
And every single time it's someone in your circle. It is. Yeah. You think, oh, I mean, you know, hire a broker. I'm going to put a for sale sign in the window, whatever you think. Yeah. Um, But it's not, it's all about. And so think about that for all of you guys that are listening. Relationship building is one of the most important things in your business. Intentional relationship building, not going to after hours, five o'clock, you know, chamber of commerce things, unless you just love them. But most of the time that's not going to benefit you. How can you be intentional about building relationships? Because you may want to sell, you might want to partner, you might, you know, you might find something else that would benefit your business, or you could help invest in someone else's. So really important there. Yeah. When you think about it, like five times I've been involved in that and five times it's been someone in, in my, or that person's circle. That's super powerful. Yeah. So when I, um, it was interesting that you mentioned, you know, you, you the business was on the decline. And when you made that choice, it happened. I have a similar story with my brand. We had franchised and then the franchisees had gone different directions and it was, we were winding things down and I kept grasping this and holding this so tightly. I thought, well, I can, I can fix it. I can change it. I can turn it around. I can, you know, it was exhausting every day. What do I have to do different? How can I do this? What kind of email do I send? All the things. And Jim and I were on, my husband and I were on a walk and he said, I think you need to be done. And I was like, you know what? I think I need to be done too. Like we came to that point. And when we made that decision within a month, we were done. We wound it down. I sold the brand to one of my franchisees. Yeah. So once you make up your mind and you stop fighting the inevitable, yeah. a lot of things can open up to you. And yeah. it was a very good feeling. And I thought, why didn't I do this a year ago yeah. when it was worth more? Or I had, you know, gone through way less bottles of Tums, you know, why didn't I do it then? <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. And and we both have a similar story with our first business. And certainly I made out okay with the sale of my first business, but, but really my second business, my little shoe business that was all online, that was the intentional, like the sale that yeah. was a happy moment. I was so excited to pass it on. That business is uh, thriving and doing more sales than I did uh, when I owned it. And with that business, I had said, okay, look, I'm going to, I'm going to buy this business. Here's what I'm going to do with it. And my plan is to sell it in five years. Yeah. And so I actually got an offer in four years. That's awesome. That's so great. And it was a much happier day than with the first business where it was coming out of happy too. (laughs) Yeah. Happy, but in a different way, like, oh, versus this is what I set out to do. I did it way different. I was intentional and it's working even ahead of schedule. Yeah, it was, it was amazing. It was just, it was just such a great experience. Again, someone in my circle who approached me. Yeah. So good. So my second business, same thing. I thought, okay, here's a need. I'm going to start this. I'm going to build it, sell it and grow it. That's what I wanted to do or grow it and sell it. I didn't want to keep it. I knew I didn't want to be in that business, but I knew there was a need. I knew I could figure out something very intentional in my network. Cause I just started sharing. This is something I want to ask you about. Cause we hear this a lot. Well, how, when do you tell people like, what if I send it out to my customers? Will everybody stop shopping with me? We way overthink all these things. So with my business, and I'd love to hear what you did with yours. I just told people the goal with this is to build it and grow. And, sell. and I would just say that in casual conversation, different industries, connections I had. And so when the buyer was right, a friend of mine said, Hey, you've been saying this. I met this person. They would be a great buyer. Let me connect you. 
So I had been very open about it and it did not turn my customers off to talk about that and all the things that we get so scared of. What are your thoughts on that? I agree totally. So, but same as you, I was very clear on both times, first time and second time. I knew that 2010 was the year I was going to be done. So in uh, 2009, I started talking about it, started yeah. talking about it and telling people that, you know, I really, you know, it was a kid's clothing business. It was, uh, you know, my kids were in college. <laughs> yeah. kind <laughs> of got past that baby store thing. And I just, I just started talking about it. And, and I had lots of people that were interested and I had the same situation. I had a friend that I helped who had uh, a couple of baby stores too, and, uh, and a really good website. And I remember her worry, because I'm like, you got to email your list. You got to email people and tell them yeah. that you're retiring and you're moving on. And she's like, yeah, but then what about my staff and la, 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 la. But all this stuff we make up in our, hand, in our heads, you know, she didn't experience any of that. Yeah. And speaking of making up in our heads, I have a real life example of that today. So we moved recently to Tennessee. My husband found a chiropractor. This was last November. So almost a year ago, we went to the chiropractor. Then we moved because we moved to a rental while we were looking, we found a house, we moved away. Okay. Long story short, we need to re-engage the chiropractor again. And I can't, I'm Googling who was that, who I can't remember where it was, but I don't remember the name of it. Can't figure it out. I find the location. It's a different name. I called them this morning. They had rebranded. So they, I don't know if a doctor had bought, I don't know the story at all. So they'd rebranded horrible job online. They don't have a website. The Google stuff's not right. And Jim said to me, so I connected with them. Sure enough, we booked our appointment. He said, do you know how much probably drama and consternation went on in the back behind the scenes with whatever went on there so that they re-grand open and they sold and whatever. And they were so focused on that thinking everybody cares All I wanted to know is what your address and phone number is. I don't care. And we don't remember that. So instead of the front facing things and fixing those right away so that they could drive business, I'm sure there was conversations and drama and all the things. Yeah. And I couldn't figure out where they were at. That's all I wanted to know. I want to, I want an appointment. Yeah. Listen, I hear people say that about emailing their list. I don't want to email it too often because people will be, you know, I'll be bothering them. Like They're not thinking about you for one minute. No, we care about what's in it for me. Right. If I'm the customer, that's it. Yeah. So, so interesting. Yeah. yeah. So connecting with our people, if it's something that you want to do with your business, start talking about it. Don't overthink it. Um, let's talk logistics with selling. Sure. People feel like that's really hard to do. How do you value it? How do you, you know, what kind of agreement, yeah. all those things. Let's talk about the value first. What are some things we should think about if we want to sell our business as far as putting a price tag on that business? Well, I think there are two two ways that people sell businesses and 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 so and I've done both. So I'm here to share with you that there are two ways. And I think the first thing is if you are selling a profitable ongoing business that, you know, and people want the whole package I think that that's almost always a multiple of your profit. Okay. Always a multiple of your profit. You can do it as a multiple of your monthly profit, or it could be a multiple of your annual profit, but basically that's what it is. And then maybe plus inventory on top of that. And so if you're an e-commerce business, you might be looking at, I'm going to say max, probably if it's a monthly profit, maybe 40, 40, times monthly profit, something something like that. 
So you're going to have to be able to demonstrate that you are profitable. The most important thing I think with that is that that's a different buyer than if you're selling, it's an asset sale. And so an asset sale is where you just say, I've got all this stuff. This is a great opportunity for you to take this and make your own, you know, your own business out of it, make it your own, the names included if you want. And, and that person is going to operate that business. But when you're selling like a, a bigger business, an ongoing, profitable, going concern, it really needs to be turnkey. Sure. Where they can walk in and just take yeah. it over. Yeah. yeah. You got to show great income. You've got to show profit. You want to show people how they could scale it. Like, how can you take this? Listen, if I were going to continue with this business, here's what I do yeah. to grow it. You don't want to be the person who knows everything. You don't want to be the person that's mm-hmm. holding the whole bag of tricks. You want to have people in place. So that business can, that person can hit the ground running with your yeah. business. You need to have like some, we call them SOPs, like standard operating procedures in place. It, it's a, they want to buy something and they might not even want to work on it, right? They might just want to buy yeah. it as an opportunity for profit. Yeah. You want to know like how much it costs you to get a customer. You want to have a marketing plan. You want to talk about your, if you have several sales channels, like if you're brick and mortar and online, you want people to see that. And so the one thing I would like to just share with everyone is that if that's you, clean up your PL now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Get your Netflix account off that. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. And all the randomness that might be in there. Yeah. <laughs> Do that and and work on having a strong balance sheet. And I think, you know, I'm I'm really good at the PL, not so good at the balance sheet, but you are. And so really that means that you Yeah, listing your asset. That's the biggest thing on the balance sheet is making sure that your assets are listed and that they haven't been expensed out. So um, let's say you buy a big t-shirt printer and it costs 20 grand. That shouldn't have gone on your P&L. That's a balance sheet item because it has value. So make sure that that's on the balance sheet. So think about anything in your business that has value. Inventory has value. It's an asset. So many inventory-based business owners I work with we start working together and I'll look at a PL and say, I don't, wow. So you sold 30,000 and it cost you 30,000 or it cost you 37,000 because they're expensing out the inventory when it comes in, instead of putting it on the balance sheet until it's sold. Very important. If you have inventory, like you said, profit plus inventory, you get paid for that. that there's a value to that. So you yeah. want to show it things like website development, trademarks, those can be on the balance sheet. And all of that increases the value of your business, specifically if you're going to do an asset sale, right? So you want that balance sheet strong. And then as little debt as possible so that the assets, you know, far outweigh the the debt. debt. Mm -hmm. So that's even if you're doing a a business, like a sale that isn't a profit, like when you're selling on EBITDA versus that. Yeah. Right. Right. You should probably tell everyone what EBITDA is. Earnings before taxes. And it's earnings before it's like the, the net profit, you know, yeah. really that looking times, at your PL. times profit where you're yeah. handing over a package, a business that's up and running. It's making money, cash flowing. Yes. The minute you're out the door. So that's the first kind of sale. The second kind of sale I think is an asset sale. And, and the asset sale is really when you're selling an opportunity to someone. Yeah. And so then you're going to be talking about your inventory, your domain, your website, your advertising. Trademarks. Product. Yep your email list, your customer list, your fixtures, if you have brick and mortar 
uh, or equipment, anything that you have like that. And this is really more for an owner operator. This is someone who um, is going to run the business and they can see that, oh my gosh, here's this pile of stuff. She has some sales. This is all this stuff, but I can buy this for way less, maybe not way less money, but perhaps less money than it would cost me to acquire it all. Right. Importantly, I can get up and running now. Yeah. And I don't have to pay for building a customer list and getting people to, I can just buy something that's working. Right. And so I think in that, of course, you still want to have your now in your balance sheet, but what's really important is the opportunity showing them how they can get up and running fast, talking about what they can do, talking about what it would cost them and how much, not in just money, but in time to start. And then not making a representation about profit. You're just saying, here is an opportunity to start a business. Yeah. And so what I would say to, to, certainly to e-commerce people, uh, it's easier than if you have a brick and mortar, but if you can make your business location independent, like it's mm, so good in some small town somewhere, then y- the world is your oyster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely a bigger pool. Episode one, where I interviewed two gals from my mastermind that recently sold, both had brick and mortar locations and they found people in, well, interesting. The one found someone in her community perfect to, you know, here's an opportunity. I've wanted my own business. I don't have to, I can just plug and play. The next gal sold her brick and mortar to someone who owned another brick and mortar a few miles away in another small community. So now she has two brand, you know, two stores in her chain, but they were limited to their state and their community because it's brick and mortar. So Mm. e-commerce subscription box, anything that's, you know, it can be run from Utah or it can be run from Washington, DC. It doesn't matter. Is you'd be looking at uh, the value of the assets and maybe a little extra for goodwill. Yeah. You would, again, your balance sheet, but you could write it out. This is exactly what you got. Here's the value. Maybe here's what it would cost if you had to do it yourself. And here's what I feel like the good I'm looking for, for the goodwill, which would be, you know, what the email list is worth and and, on what the relationships are worth. Like, One of the things, like the huge shortcut people get is all the suppliers, right? Yeah. Who do I go to for this? And who do I go to for that? When you're able to hand that over to someone, it cuts months off their learning curve. Yeah. Yeah. So nice to be able to show that blue sky. Here's all the opportunity. Um, And don't forget to put a value on that. Start high. You can always negotiate. But don't start at your lowest, like, like I absolutely have to get 30 grand. So that's where I'm going to start, you know, start right. higher and then justify those costs, like right. simple, easy, write it out. It doesn't have to be complicated. One thing I'd like to talk about, I don't, I never asked you this. Did you have any ongoing agreement with your buyers? Cause sometimes you can set that up. Yeah. So funny that you uh, said that. Cause I was thinking, oh, we should talk about earnouts and, and what our commitments are. So in both cases, I had an agreement. So in the first time it was, I believe it was four months, uh, four months of meetings. And I took back the loan for the inventory and that was paid off over four years, I think. Maybe only two years. I can't remember. It was so long ago, but it was paid in monthly installments over, over a period of time. And I'm happy to share with you that I got every penny. 
So they paid you that that was a, a internal loan that you, you yeah. were the bank. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I was the bank for the inventory and I got an interest rate, like the going interest rate. And I was paid out for that one. And my buyer personally guaranteed. That. So I would say this with that lawyer told me something that has stuck with me. Always assume that the money you're going to get at the end of the day is the cash that you get when the deal closes. Yeah. So you had a really good experience and you got paid everything. Yeah. But always go into a deal realizing the only money I'm guaranteed is what they do give me on closing day. Even if the agreement's great, even if it's personally guaranteed, things can go awry and you have to set your mind to that. So when I sold my subscription box, we had an earn out. So I got a check up front and then I had, um, I stayed on for a period of time and then and would get different money. But I went into it knowing at the end of the day, if I only get what they pay me today, I'll be okay with that. Yeah. And that took so much pressure and angst off of me. I didn't have to think about it. It's just a bonus. If they give me what they're supposed to, great. If they don't, I'm happy with the check I got. So that's important. That's so smart. That's I'm really glad you said that because the other thing is just because they personally guaranteed it doesn't mean number one, they have any assets. And number two, it might cost you more to chase yeah. it yeah. than it's worth. But yeah, so in and with that business, I everything went very well. And then with my second business, also I had I had a six month earnout that I got paid a hundred percent. It was a lot more money yep. than the first time. And yeah, it it's really not. You just have to kind of do it. Yeah, <laughs> you just have to do it, and um and realize that it's never going to be exactly how you imagine. And you're maybe not going to get exactly what you imagine for the business, but it is saleable and it's not a shameful thing. It's not a, it's not a, um, like, it doesn't mean you failed. Yeah. It just means that, you know, for me with my first business, it means like, well, I'm getting my money back and a little bit more. So yeah. yeah. And chapter closing. Yeah. yeah. And it opens up my time to do something else with my second business. I, I did really well. And yeah. So- I wouldn't have had that opportunity if I hadn't sold the first business. And then of course there's the sock doggo. Yeah. So let's talk about, for those of you who are sitting and saying, I've never had an intention of selling my business or anything like that. I haven't been preparing. I hate what I'm doing. I want to be done. I feel so stuck. I just, I don't want to be in it. And you, you just want to move on. Hmm. Let's talk about the dog sock business. Cause that was a bit of where you were at. Like, I just want to move on. So, so in, because I want to be authentic and I know I can help our members best when I am doing the same things I'm telling them to do, even though we have lots of coaches that have stores, I had a kind of a panic moment after I sold WeSqueak of, well, I got to get a store. So then one day I decided, and I was kind of prompted by one of our members who helped me so much. And I decided, okay, I I love always when I had my brick and mortar. I loved, I loved socks and hats because they were always a great upsell. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Got my average order value up. And so I thought, oh, I really like socks. I would like to have a sock business and I'll do a sock business for dog owners of particular breeds. And, and I just jumped into it super quickly, had the socks manufactured. Let's not even stop and think that um, you don't own a dog. <laughs> And or uh, and you have ten seconds a day for this. Yeah. I didn't think about any of that, I just went ahead and did it. And then I got this bright idea that I would share exactly what I did with our larger audience, not just our members, but our larger audience. Until I got to my first fifty thousand dollars in sales, 
And so a couple of things happened. The first thing that happened was it did put me right back in the beginner mindset. So I want to share with you, like, if it is hard, you're not the only one it's hard for. It's hard for almost yeah. everyone. And an audience is the most important thing. Like, have an audience for six months before you even try and sell anything, you'll do better. Yeah. <laughs> so put me back in the beginner mindset. I... um I just never, it was always like the last thing I did on the last day of the week kind of thing. And I yeah. would get to myself, okay, I'm going to get up early and spend the first hour of the day doing this. I just didn't love it. So, so anyway, I got to the 50 grand and one day I, I like to walk every day. So I was stomping along on my walk thinking, yeah. okay, so I've sold $50,000 worth of these damn socks. Yep. Now, how am I going to make this a business? And, you know, stomp, 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 stomp. And all of a sudden I thought, well, what would you tell somebody else? Like one of your clients, if that's how they felt. And I was like, oh, I'd tell them to get rid of it. Yeah. Why do I have to, I I got to the 50,000. Thank you. It's hard to sell $50,000 worth of socks. Can I just yes. share with you? I would say so. Yeah. <laughs> on them. Anyway, so I, I got to the 50000 I thought, why am I doing this? Nobody cares. Because that was one of the things that was super interesting as I was sharing stuff. It was like, well, those were the uh, blog posts that got the least uh, engagement, the podcast episodes that got the least engagement. People really just want to know what you can do for them. Yeah. And so, which fair enough, like the, yeah. anyway, and so I, um, I just thought, well, just get rid of it. And so within a day or two, I called around a couple of people that I knew and I said, Hey, I want to sell this sock business and I don't need to make any money on this. I yep. just want to sell it. And so I got it sold, got it sold yep. this week, but I didn't make any money on it. I didn't, yep. that was not a profitable sale, but didn't you know, it didn't matter to me because getting my peace of mind and my time back was way more important Yes, than what I could, like, what can you sell that business for? I think I had like maybe nine or $10,000 worth of inventory. I can't remember, yay, that I can't remember that much of that stuff, but I didn't have that much. And so it wasn't, um, it was just a good decision to move on. But again, it goes back to what we talked about, having these relationships and having the circle of people where you could just say, hey. Yeah. <laughs> have have you ever thought of having a dog? <laughs> I have a deal for you. Yeah. And yeah. so and so I did that. And I, it's funny, you know, because I, I look back at it and I can remember just some of the people I really trust their faces when I told them I was doing this roadmap to 50K. and and the look on their face, you know, that I was nuts. And I still remember my good friend, Jane Hamill, who does also what we do. You know, she helps store owners just telling me I was nuts and yeah. laughing so hard. You were crazy. And I was like, yeah, I was anyway, who cares? It was fun. We all learned a little bit. Yeah. But I think the, the message here is that you can sell pretty much anything. You can sell anything yeah. and we can't get emotionally attached. Just like we can't right. to our inventory. If something's not working, it's time to move on that people don't care. These are all like the highlights. People really don't care if it's not benefiting them. So don't overthink all these things. Just get in and do it. Have conversations. I want everyone to really leave. And the first episode, I really shared this too. I want you, if you're listening, 
to leave with nothing else, to leave with the the remembrance that you don't have to be stuck in what you're doing today. We box ourselves in because we place other people's expectations on ourselves. Well, I said, I'm going to do a dog sock business. And what are they going to think if I get rid of it in a year? And nobody cares. And you need to, and even if they do, you need to focus on your family and what you want and where your zone of genius is and how you would do something different the next time around and not keep yourself bound into something that's stressing you out and overwhelming you where all the joy is left and it's all gone. We just do that to ourselves. And it's so, I just don't want entrepreneurs to do that. I've done that so many times and I will not do that anymore. I mean, even now before our podcast, we were just, I was telling you how I'm moving things around and changing them because I want to spend my time in what I am good at and where I find joy and feel fulfilled. I don't need to do something just because every other coach is doing it. That's right. It's a silly reason. Yeah. And on the flip side, it's totally Okay. Like, it's a good thing that's selling. I have to say, even though my first story was a bit of a sad sack, sorry, it wasn't that sad sack because selling businesses, I can always earn an income, but selling my businesses has created wealth in my life. Yeah. Yeah. And wealth monetarily, wealth in knowledge, right? wealth in your own personal growth. Like there's so much that comes out of building something that's worth something to someone else and handing that off to them. Yeah. And you're not the only one that can do it right. You you need to just pass the baton, be there to help if they have questions, but not get all wound up if they don't do it the same way you do. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Because, you know, at the end of the day, now it's their thing to take care of and build and grow. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Anything else that our people need to hear or know? about selling or closing. Sometimes it's just about you close the doors and that's okay too. But I'd always try to sell first if you can. Yeah. I've told several people that because they're like, I just want to be done. I'm going to close. I'm like, why? even if you could just get like 10 grand out of it, why wouldn't you try to sell? And plus it's easier. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like it's easier than having to move all that stuff. Um, the only thing I would say is like everything else, manage your expectations and expect it to take longer. If you want to sell next year, start talking about it this year. Getting your profit and loss in order, your balance sheet, know how much inventory you own. Anything you can write down is great. That adds value to your business. So if you can even create a simple employee handbook or manual for processes, how you receive inventory, all those things, So yeah, if you're starting to think about that, start to get some of those things written down so you can easily hand them over and that'll bring value to your business too when you go to sell. Yeah. And if you decide not to sell, you're steps ahead because you should be doing those things anyway. Yes, that's right. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Well, as always, it was so fun to visit with you. Thanks for hanging out with me today. Hey there. Are your sales a lot slower than you thought they would be? So frustrating. You know you have a good product and you're just kind of stumped wondering what you're missing and what it's going to take before you'll get the sales you want every day. So I want to share a free workshop I made for you. Before you start making more changes on your website, I want you to take a little bit of time and watch this. Spend 40 minutes with me and you're going to see why you're not getting the sales that you want And you will be clear on what it is you really need to do to move the needle. 
I'm almost positive it's not changed something on your website. Head on over to thesocialsalesgirls.com forward slash sales every day and go have a watch. This is training from our inner circle. It's in our foundations unit. Our members get it right away and they leave feeling confident about their site, their product, their pricing, and they're ready to get on the path to success. I want to share that with you. So the URL is thesocialsalesgirls.com sales every day. I'll stick it in the show notes. See you soon.